In this podcast, we want to dive into the paradoxes and complexities of the Catholic faith. Jesus is the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. He's the same Messiah who drives money changers out of the temple and calls us to himself so we can find rest and peace. The gospel he gives us is beautiful and simple and at the same time challenging and complicated. So join us as we look at the lion and the lamb, the simple and the complex, and try to bring our complicated world into the peace and beauty of the Catholic faith. folks welcome to our next episode of roar like the lamb my name is paula pena i'm father sam kachuba and listen father sam what do you got for me what do i got for you so i wanted to follow up on the last episode where you asked me what book i was reading what are you reading well let's just say i'm attempting to read okay what what are you trying to read so i felt inspired after you spiritual reading it's spiritual reading it's spiritual reading so the book is called john paul ii his five great loves something like that and i was like you know what i felt pretty called out the last time okay i just i want to point out that you're doing a great job so far you don't actually know the title of the book you think you might know the title (laughs) of the book this is a good start no this is i have i have held the book in my hand i'm pretty sure it's john paul ii his five great loves i promise it's a real book wait i held it i held it it was in my it's a thing it's it was there okay you know what i lost it it's something like that anyways i know that it's written by jason Everett, and it's talking about John Paul II's five great loves, the Eucharist, the cross, um, our mother and redemptive suffering. And I forget the other one. So it's something in there. So you, you at least read the back cover. Well, I read the back cover cover. five minutes before we had to do this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So my goal was to read it. What ended up happening is I didn't even flip to the first page and I knocked out. Nice. So the point is I held it in my hand. And it's um it was on my bed when I woke up. Well, so given that last time we talked about being exhausted, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, you I'm, know. I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I, I am continuing to read the book about New York City in the jazz age. And it's okay. it's fascinating. It's just an enormous book. So Steve Ronan gave it to me to read. He said, I think you'll like this. And so Steve, thank you for my project. It's actually it's very enjoyable. Sweet. Um, it's really, really pretty interesting stuff. Sweet. Um but it's fascinating to see all the just how the the city of New York developed and thinking about landmarks that have been very familiar my entire life, places that, you know, I've gone, things that I don't, I don't really give a second thought to, Yeah. but how obviously I know that they weren't always there. I know that New York city wasn't always what it is today, but just to see how it's all, it's all grown and how different cultural things played into it and, and politicians and famous people and music and arts and education and, it's really, it's very cool. It's fascinating. So I've, I've been enjoying that book. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? I want to talk about cliches. I want to talk about cliches, but I, I think we also need to break open a little bit more of what a cliche <laughs> is. So I've yeah. taken the liberty of examining the, the definitions of, of cliche and related words. So a cliche is defined as a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. Okay. <laughs> That's really sad. It's very sad. But, but <laughs> that last line, you're not original. A lack of original thought. It betrays <laughs> a lack of original thought. All right. So that's a cliche. Okay. A truism is a statement that is obviously true and says nothing new or interesting. Yeah. Right. Then a platitude is a remark or statement, especially one with a moral content 
that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. Oh, wow. So it's just gotten so normalized that it's not even worth. Exactly. Wow. So these are phrases that, and this is, I don't even know where to begin with this. Cliches, platitudes, truisms, Mm -hmm. aphorisms, whatever, whatever special word you want to use to describe them. They drive you nuts, don't they? When I hear them, I interiorly roll my eyes. I'm pretty sure I also exteriorly roll roll my eyes, but I'm usually not looking in a mirror at the moment, so I can't tell if I actually visibly rolled my eyes physically or anything. Yeah. Like the interior eye roll that happens every time. I, I can't stand it. And then I'll use one. Mm-hmm. I'm giving a homily, and all of a sudden this this platitude is coming out of my mouth. I'm going, what is wrong with me? Ah! Why am I saying that? <laughs> Right. Because I know that this is something that's overused. I know it's a phrase that has basically lost all its meaning. Yeah. What what am I doing in, in using that? At the same time, cliches are, are usually somehow true. A truism is a statement yeah. that is obviously true. Mm-hmm. And even though it doesn't necessarily add anything to the conversation, in some way they're necessary. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking of of cliches that are used often in in our ministry and number one, why we hate them. Like the specifically say like, let's, let's open up some of these cliches. Let's open up some of these platitudes and look at them and talk about why we dislike them. Yeah. But also why they're so incredibly useful and why they still remain true, even though they're so overused. And even though we, we haven't figured out other ways to to describe them or to say them. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to play this game. Okay. Now, one of the things that will come up often in, conversations, especially, and this, this is something that happens a lot in, in youth ministry slash <clears throat> on retreat. I feel attacked. No, no, it's not about you. It's <laughs> not kidding. about you. Cause this is, this is me too. I, I, I use this. Also. Yes. You, but you use this in a talk the other week and like two weeks ago and I cracked up cause I'm like, she doesn't know we're going to talk about this, but this is going to be great. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. Okay. So th- the cliche that comes up often in talks, especially on retreats when we're trying to encourage people to open their hearts to Jesus, mm-hmm. when we're also trying to encourage them to live their faith without any fear, is we hide behind these masks. <laughs> all right? Now, we use that phrase all the time. We hide behind these masks. We hide behind these masks that, you know, I want people to think that I'm successful or I have it all together. I literally used that this past week. Exactly. So, <laughs> We use like these twice. <laughs> we use these all the time. We use a phrase like that. Yeah. Now, why do we hate it? Well, because everybody's heard it. <laughs> it's nothing new. There's there's like, oh, that's right. Like no one's gonna like admit. I mean, like, yeah, you kinda know, like, okay, I hide behind a mask. But you hear it so often it's like, okay, whatever. It's it's not life changing in any way when you first hear it. Like it doesn't. Well, wait, is it, is it not life changing when you first hear it? hear it? Well, it is when you first hear it, but when you hear it so often that it's like, uh, okay, I get it. Let's think, move on. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. The phrase used too often, and especially if you're the one using it, 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 it you almost forget what it really means. Yeah. At the same time, if you've heard it many times in talks, if you've attended retreats or you've heard these different talks before, mm-hmm you hear a phrase like that used again and again and you start to think, yeah, I, I know, I know I hide behind masks sometimes. I, I know that I'm, I'm not always as authentic as I should be or whatever it might be. Right. But do you remember the first time you heard a phrase like that? Oh my gosh. Captivated me. Completely convicted, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you realize I am hiding. I'm hiding so much. And that's why we love phrases like that. That's mm-hmm. why we use them because they still have a meaning, even though we don't like what they mean, or even though we don't like, I shouldn't say we don't like what they mean. Yeah. We don't like that they're used so often. Can I confess something? Confess. I literally sometimes look up these phrases <laughs> because <laughs> some of them are just like, oh, that's a good word. You know, like that you could say that with that. And I'll look them up and I'm like, okay, that's a different way of saying something that I want to convey. Okay. And I, I, so I like, there's a Google sheet for this. There's a Google sheet. <laughs> that somebody, serious? there's somebody else made, I'm trying to find it on my thing, but there's a youth minister who compiled a list of different quotes. And a lot of them are things that you'd heard around like the Christian or Catholic community. And he just compiled it and he's like, Hey, use this to put on your social media posts. And it's a list. That's phenomenal. Yeah. But- <laughs> So clearly it's been taught to us that this is how you are supposed to communicate the gospel. Yeah. And that the entire Christian population does this. It's true that the entire Christian population does it, Catholic or non-Catholic. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. At the same, okay, so we're, we're trying to communicate the gospel. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of, of using this is, is good. Do you ever feel like you're running into the wall of... I'm only speaking cliche and there's, there's less authenticity in what I'm saying. Yeah. So I thought about this the other day. Um, so this past week, the lesson was on the prodigal son and how Jesus invites us into relationship with him. That's constant invitation. And so towards the end of it, you're really having to present the gospel that Jesus died for our sins, that we are redeemed and that we're saved, um, because we are loved. And Sometimes you can hear that phrase over and over again. And sometimes I question, is what I'm saying, is it having any effect or have I said this too often that it just goes on to like, you know, not like not fertile, like hearts or something. And so that's a fear that I'll catch myself in. Um, So sometimes wondering, is it worth saying this again? But like it is because um, maybe somebody's heart has moved from rocky to fertile. Like, I don't know what the process of that looks like. But I will express that challenge for myself that, all right, but that's the whole point though. That's literally the whole point is to keep repeating the gospel message. Um, but I will say that sometimes I can hesitate because I wonder if I'm just sounding like a broken record. Yeah. Well, that's exactly where the issue of a cliche or Mm -hmm. a platitude comes in because when we start to feel like a broken record saying it, Mm -hmm. then we've lost authenticity in that Mm. moment. So uh, another phrase that will be used often in giving a talk, especially a witness talk or something, I'm just going to be vulnerable. (laughs) I'm just trying to be vulnerable with you. I'm just just trying to be real. Yeah. We say stuff like that as a way of illustrating that the gospel has practical applications in our lives Yeah. and that a relationship with Jesus has in fact made a difference for the person speaking. Mm Mm-hmm. It makes it relatable, or mm-hmm. we think it makes it relatable. It does not always make it relatable, but we think that it does. And yet there's that that part of the the phrase that can sound insincere or, or inauthentic, not because the person is actually inauthentic or yeah. insincere, but just because we hear it so much. Right. Well, I wonder, though, I would kind of challenge that if you're hearing from the same person, give their testimony again and again, then you're like, all right, I've heard this a thousand times. But if it's like a person, you know, who's had the courage to say it for the first time, I think there's like, 
I'm just thinking about one of our young adult small groups and um, how some of them have just been able to express certain things and to see the vulnerability that came out was like, it. so here's, here's why I love and hate cliches. One, okay, yes, it gets overused, but what's powerful about them is that it reminds you that to go back to the foundation is so simple that it's profound. Right. And so even going back to this phrase, like God loves you. And how many times have I had in prayer where um, sometimes I could become numb to that and then I'll have a moment of grace where I just recognize that I'm loved by God and it's like the whole world shifted. And it's happened so often that I'll forget these foundational truths about who I am and how I'm loved. Sounds so cliche, but it, but that's what matters most. Or even when I think about prayer, See that? Or, it sounds cliche is it, cliche. We know so, that. I know, I know, I know right. it is cliche, but even like, I even think about prayer, um, how, okay, let's say like I felt moved to, you know, go through like a, a series of Bible passages or like I'm trying to work through a spiritual reading. And then one day I'm just like sitting in prayer and I'm like, my gosh, prayer is just about sitting before Jesus. And then I'm weeping. Like it was nothing intense. It wasn't like, it was just this recognition right. of like, prayer is just me sitting before Jesus and receiving what he wants to give me, which is his presence. And then maybe I'll forget that in like two weeks from now and then have to go back to that. But what I find interesting is how often the Lord will bring you back to those foundational things. And like how those are the things that get rooted more deeply, but you never, you never make it in a sense because there's still so much to uncover. Right. About that. Um, so yeah, so I love it and I hate it. <laughs> but it's, it's good because we need that to, we need that to be happening. Yeah. We, we need to have this, uh, this idea of going back to the sources and, and being renewed and being refreshed. Yeah. And if we don't have that sense of going back to the sources, being renewed, being refreshed, then we end up drying out. Right. But that's exactly actually what happens. So yeah. if I'm if I'm preaching on a regular basis mm -hmm. and kind of the same phrases are coming up, sometimes that's because thematically the, the church gives us these uh, these gospel passages yeah. that kind of run sequentially. So the homily on Sunday is often going to be related to the homily from the, the week before because the gospel is related to the gospel from the week before. So yeah. there's, there's going to be some stuff, some themes that are, are coming out sometimes that are, are, are pretty regular. But if I'm if I'm finding myself repeating those too much mm -hmm. or feeling like oh, I, I just said this, or this was, this was something that I've, I've talked about so many times before. Why, why am I doing this? Well, then yeah. I, I realize I'm not going back to the source. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm letting this word just kind of linger in front of me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying this so many times yeah. that I've, I've forgotten the real meaning behind it. Yeah. So the gospel, in other words, is starting to lose its freshness. Ooh, you know, this reminded me of, I remember going through a class, um, when I was training to be a missionary and this Dominican priest was on fire and I was like, Whoa, I need to get some of that. So he pretty much said, do you realize that every time you say the name of Jesus, something always happens. But he said that with such conviction that no matter how many times you say the name of Jesus, or no matter how many times you proclaim the gospel, something is always going to happen. Mm. And what I realized is like kind of based off what you were just saying is when we speak these words, are these words our own or are these the words of the Holy Spirit? You know, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through us that allows these words to actually have fresh meaning, to have the power to transform? Um, because it's not me who speaks and then, you know, hearts are transformed. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, so that just kind of brought me to that reality. Like 
Yeah, dude, that's right. Every time I say Jesus, something happens. Um, that's great. Yeah, and I will always think about like then we had a conversation with him at lunch, and he just kept saying it, and he was like, I was like, yeah, no, he's really convicted about this, and he's living for this, and I need to be like that because if I'm in, if I'm tired, I'm depending on myself. Right. Go. Do yeah. you have more of those those phrases? Did you find the list? Yeah. Oh, and not the actual list, but well, I, can I tell you one that I the, hate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the one that I hate the most is God can't give you more than you can handle. Uh, totally untrue. Uh, so we're going to debunk that now. Go debunk. It's horrible because no one had ever. Well, I actually had heard this cliche, and then when I started going through counseling, um, I just would bring it up, and my my priest slash counselor looked at me. He goes. That's not true. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, there, you can't handle everything. No human being can. And actually it's more detrimental to you because then you think things are your fault or you're responsible for every little thing that happened to you. So especially in healing, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Like God does not intend for these things to happen. Um, so I, so I think that's a really detrimental quote that has to be completely taken out of our language. Um, because it doesn't allow for a space of true healing and surrender for a lot of folks. It's also, um, it's lacking in the full context, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that God will never give you something that you can't handle. It's that God will never fail to provide for your needs exactly. in whatever situation you're in. God will never fail to provide you with the support, the, the people, the healing, the grace that's necessary right. for you to get through a situation at the same time. It's not that I can't handle this and, and therefore this can't be something that God's given. No, no, no. It's that with God, his grace. God wants you exactly to yep. receive his grace. Yeah. But this, so this quote makes you focus there. on the situation rather than God's provision. Exactly. And so change it. <laughs> All right. So this, this is one of those cliches. You're right. That yeah. has to go. Mm-hmm. But there are so many cliches that are useful, but this one's not. Okay. You got another one? Um, or just one to laugh at because I, I find these amusing as well. Cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not true. <laughs> Have you seen my desk? Yeah, actually, your desk is horrific. <laughs> my desk is so awful. And I, it's just, I know where everything is. Yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to be godly. Yeah. I'm doing my best. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Well, okay. And another cl- cliche in the Catholic world is just offer it up. I'll offer it just up. Just offer it up. Offer it up. But it's, you know, it gets said a lot. And I remember the first couple of years I kept hearing, I'm like, what does that mean, offer it up? Mm. But then I understood, oh, wait. This is an invitation to surrender and to unite myself to Jesus on the cross. Um, offer it up. The offering of suffering to Jesus on the cross is a, a genuinely difficult thing to do mm-hmm. because we often don't actually know how to do it. Yeah. And spiritually, we have to get used to it. We have to we have to practice it. So saying offer it up is is actually meant to be an encouragement to practice. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a spiritual practice for your life. So start doing this. You're suffering something. You're dealing with a, a challenging thing. Go and, and do this thing. Yeah. Um, in, instead of it being just, Oh, just offer it up. Right. Like, and it gets, like it, it gets said in a joking manner between like, you know, like groups. Right. And so it's like, Oh, just offer it up. And you'll say it jokingly. And then you just get irritated by it because like maybe you're genuinely irritated by something and someone says it to you. And I just like, you know, it like triggers you. When I was in seminary, we would uh, quote parts of the Psalms and antiphons from the, uh, from the mass or from the liturgy of the hours at each other. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the, the, the phrasings in, in, in the Psalms that you pray at the liturgy of the hours can kind of be funny sometimes. Yeah. So there's one line in, in the Psalms, truly with you, God is hidden. 
And <laughs> so we would just say that to somebody if they were bothering us. <laughs> Truly with you, God is hidden. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not passive aggressive. Oh, it was no, it wasn't. It was aggressive aggressive. <laughs> we were being very direct with, with the with the guy. No, it was great. Um, you have these these little phrases that I've, you get to throw. I've got another one. Today. Okay. If you want God, if you want to hear God laugh, then tell him your plans. Ugh. But it's so true. It is, but. Oh. I mean, have I heard the Lord chuckle? I don't know. I find but, God usually dope slaps me in the back of the head. You know, that's what things. usually I call it a holy slap slap in the face, but usually that comes through quotes by saints. And I'm like, Oh, I needed that one. Um, yeah, that one is good. God never closes a door without opening a window. Uh, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it says here. Um, apparently it's from the sound of music and yeah. it's been used a lot. Well, okay. Unpopular truth. This yeah. isn't even an unpopular opinion because this is actually true. Okay, my favorite Ready one. for this? Oh, yeah, go for I it. I have never seen The Sound of Music. <gasps> Not only have I never seen The Sound of Music, precisely because of your reaction right now, I refuse to see it because I love watching people and their shock and their just absolute disgust that I have never seen The Sound of Music. Well, I can't blame you. I didn't watch it until I was 20 years old. My name is Father Sam Kachuba um, and I have never seen The Sound of Music. All right, you have that for a recording, folks. <laughs> it, is, it is this one. All right, how, how about this one? Um... Oh, wait, I just had it. Oh, praise God in the hallway. What? Yeah. I've never even heard is, this phrase. Oh, this is. What is praise God in the hallway? Because mean? when you're like, when you, when you're looking for, you're trying to make a move in your life and there's doors and like none of the doors seem to open for you. Can you still praise God in the hallway? Can you still like, God, you are good. I don't know what's happening, but I'm still going to praise you until like you open a door that I can go through. I have never heard this phrase. I'm kind of fascinated. Oh, I really love it. It's, uh, it's used a lot in Christian circles. Um, and I guess like other podcasts that I listen to. Praise God um, in the hallway. I mean, it's it's challenging because like, can I still praise God in the hallway while the doors seemed closed? Um, it's an invitation. It's 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 a good invitation. Mm. Yeah, that one gets used a lot, but I clearly use it in your next homily. See what people's reactions will be. Um, yeah, it's not going to fit in my next homily, but <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. Let me see if I can find a way to work that. But praise God in the hallway is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the best one. Hail Mary, full of grace, find me a parking space. It's not cliche, but it's a, or, it's a and, prayer. And this is nothing against Chris Stefanik, but Hail Mary, full of grace, punch the devil, devil in, in the face. face. Yeah, that's a good I, one, too. I, I kind of love it. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some things that you hear again and again. You know, yeah. It's like if you become a fan of a, of a band or a comedian, yeah. you're going to hear the same stuff, the same material multiple Ooh. times. Yeah. That's okay. It's just that you're going to hear the same material yeah. quite a bit. All right. We need to debunk one more. One more. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. First of all, St. Francis never said that. Exactly. That's There's why we're no debunking evidence that, that St. Francis ever said it. And if you look up St. Francis, he oh. was a preacher. He never shut up. Like <laughs> he just kept talking. He went from town to town telling people hey, I'm on fire with the word of God. I'm going to spit it at you and I need you to convert and repent. The, like he never said that. I don't know. So what that was, that was taken out of context from one of his letters. Not even so from I one did, of his letters. The, the, the closest thing that anybody can find to him having done anything like that was he and, and another friar walked one day and the friar thought they were going to go and stand in the town square and preach. And they just walked. And he said, Francis, are, are we going to... Are, are we going to preach? And he said, we just did. He never said, 
preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words. It's just not true. It's not and true. People keep going to that like, oh, it's not necessary because people will use that, that yeah. phrase as the reason why they don't actually have to say the name of Jesus. Exactly. They don't actually have to talk about the faith. That's not true. It doesn't work. No, because the apostles had to go out and preach. No, there's, <laughs> and there, every there's a good and prudent way to proclaim the gospel. There's a good and yeah. prudent way to uh, to get the word out. There's a good and prudent way to approach people so you don't have to get in their face and yell at them about Jesus or anything yeah. like that. But there's there's no possible way that you could say it's not necessary to speak the word of truth. I mean, Jesus himself said, go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He sent the apostles out to proclaim the gospel. Yeah. He said, go and teach all nations. Right. He didn't say just go and say nothing to them. He right. Said, go and teach all nations. So that has not helped many people. Um, <sighs> it's yeah, it's 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 horrible. Right. I have, thanks for making me angry at the very end. I'm so sorry, but we had to debunk one more thing. That was a that, good one. That, that was a good one. To, yeah. To, to I was like, okay, on. so let's get rid of that. God can never give you more than you can handle, and um, preach the gospel at all times, oh, man. and when necessary, use words. Totally false. Totally false. <laughs> all right. Well, God is a good, good father. And oh. <laughs> sorry, that was another cliche. I didn't mean to bring that one up. <laughs> no, that was a personal attack. That was a personal <laughs> attack on me because I use that a lot. Oceans. And, and I can't stand that song. I'm so done with that song. It's a great song. And how you is a really beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It's just been overplayed and I'm done with it. Yeah. That's what happens with, with so much of music that we, we play yeah. too much. But then you sit back and, and you listen to it and you realize this is actually a really a really beautiful song. Yes. Especially when you're going through something, it's good to just go back to it. Like I went back to an old, uh, 10th Avenue North song. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was like done in like 2011. I'm like, wow, this is old. And then I just sat in the car and I was like, I'm feeling this now because I just need to pray and worship right now in the cars. I'm listening to the song. Spotify has been giving me a time capsule every day of songs from like basically when I was in high school. And for some reason, and I don't really know why, um, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba is on there quite frequently. I don't frequently. even know what I that is. I get knocked down, but I get up again. It's oh my again. gosh. It's on there almost every single day. <laughs> what, what is happening? <laughs> I don't understand. There's also a lot of like Third Eye Blind and Blink-182. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically the entire soundtrack to yeah. my, my high school. All right, everybody. Um, this is great. That's what we I'm got. Really and it. I'm going to leave you with just one last final cliche to kind of give you uh, just a motivation. Your perception is either your passport or your prison. So how do you look at life? This is Roar Like the Lamb. <laughs> I'm Father Sam Kachuba. And I'm Paula Pena. God bless you. Oh, talk to you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>